Hey guys, welcome back to Found in Prague. We are going to be diving in today on um, part two of the search. And this is really just the search um, for identity. And today we're just going to be discussing um, how do we find our identity in Christ and even maybe finding some conclusions on what does that actually look like and um, what's the difference between purpose and identity. And last week we talked about so many different things and I think it's really important for us to think about how God wants to use us and that he uses um, ordinary people to do amazing things. And part of it for us is finding our purpose and identity. Those are kind of like the first steps into stepping into the destiny that God has for us. So we're really excited um, to start this conversation today. Actually, can I can I just um, this is so awesome that you're mentioning this, Miranda. This this really brought another thought in again in the mind is that, um, and this is very practical also. I feel like for us, because um, if you look at through scripture, you will see that God uses people the most unlikely of people. Not the most educated, not the most uh, qualified. He uses the most unqualified people. And I find it to be such an interesting thing because all that these people had was that they believed and God used them mightily. So I will give an example. Like Jesus' disciples, they were fishermen, uneducated, really uneducated people. Like uh, <laughs> you would expect them to, you would expect Jesus to maybe gather all the greatest teachers and stuff, you know, to go and preach his gospel. But no, it were the most uneducated people. But look at what they did with the help of God in, in later in the, in the New Testament after the resurrection. You know, they were out there. Uh, in fact, uh, if you think about it, the same um, Peter that was um, denying Jesus and the same Peter that before when Jesus was still here, he couldn't cast out any demons. He couldn't do anything. You know, after receiving the Holy Spirit and Jesus dying, he was able to convert uh, like thousands of people on one day. Things that, you know, Jesus said himself, you would do even greater things than this. You know, you would do even greater things than me. He was able to do. And that, and the, the same Bible people were saying that, oh, how is it possible? These guys were fishermen, uneducated, but God used them in this mighty way. And I find it to be such an encouraging thing. If you look about yourself and if people have told you that, oh, you won't amount to anything or you, uh, I don't know, your family is, is, is not in a good place. So you'll probably, or if you don't go to the best school, you'll probably not get anywhere in life. Well, that's what the world would try to tell you, right? But this is why I find our identity so important. If you understand what God has said concerning you, you know that it doesn't really matter, actually, because my main goal is just to be faithful and remain close to God, because as long as I'm close to God, he can cause things to happen greater than even I can imagine. I can be a blessing to people that I could never imagine before. So a man, you know, you might think that people might have told you that you are not going to do much, but I would just like to encourage, stay faithful, like keep praying about, you know, keep desiring to 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 want to experience more of God, to want to see more of God. And then you will see a shift. You will see a shift in the way that you, you radiate joy, that you radiate hope. When everyone else is stressed about the exam, you're like, oh, 
Actually, I feel pretty good. I'm very well prepared, you know. I think I've got with me. Huh? <laughs> you see, this is, this is the confidence that you can have if you know your identity in Christ. Otherwise, you'll be just like the rest of them. Like always afraid, always unsure, but you have certainty as a believer. As a believer, you have certainty that you have God backing you. Of course, this is, this is if you also go in this direction, if you seek God with all your heart, right? If you seek God with all your heart, then this is why I find it so encouraging that if you seek him, he can make all sorts of things possible. You know, he's going to work in you. He's going to do great things through you. And you can find that satisfaction in that, not, not in what you, you know, later will do, which is important. Don't get me wrong. Please, guys, study and, <laughs> and uh, make sure you do well in school, you know, give the effort in there, right? But keep always in the back of your mind that, you know, hey, I know God has something great in store of me, in, in front of me. I don't need to just follow this typical path, you know, of, 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 of going down this road. Okay, you know, I will go to the school, to the best school only. If I don't make this school, then my life is over. Don't think that. Don't ever think that. Because as long as you hold on to God, you can really ensure that he will make a lot out of your life. And you can find confidence in that, you know. Talking about Gideon was one thing. Uh, Peter and the disciples was another thing. And another thing was uh, King David in the Old Testament. If you look at King David, when uh, the prophet came to choose the, the, the chosen one at that time to be king, right? Um, he was going through all the siblings of, of, uh, of David, King David who was just a shepherd boy at that time. And then the, he thought, oh, there must be that oldest son, the, the most handsome, the most strong, right? But the prophet kept on going past everyone and ended up with the, the, the one son, the youngest son, who wasn't really blessed with any specific skills, but he raised that son to be the king, uh, probably the most prominent king, uh, King David, which you might have heard, of course. Right? So. Um, and the, the key difference between King David is, is that he was a man of faith. He believed. He, he, he loved to be in contact with God. So much so that even though he was just a shepherd's boy, and you might know this battle, the battle between David and Goliath, when the whole army uh, of the Philistines came to fight, everyone in the army of Israel was afraid. Nobody wanted to step forward to fight against this giant the giant Philistine called um, um, Goliath. Only little, weak, unassuming David would come out, a shepherd's boy, would dare challenge him. But why? Why did he challenge him? Is he, is he eager to seek death? No, because he understood who was the God that he's serving. And he knew and he trusted in the fact that God can deliver him. And I find that to be something very encouraging. With just a sling, with an armor, he was able to defeat Goliath in one hit, the, the big enemy. And I think that is a very big um, story that all of you guys can also take with you when you pray about certain things. Whatever challenge, whatever mountains in front of you, if you understand and who is the one that you're praying to and who is the one backing you, there's a lot of these challenges which can be overcome. Right? But it requires us to rely on God and to trust Him. So I'm saying all of this to build some confidence also for everyone, right? Because as a Christian, you, are, you have the confidence that God is working and He's Almighty. 
and he loves you and he wants to do great things for you. So that's something to be rejoicing over. Okay, that's all I wanted to say. Uh, and by the way, it's not, <laughs> I don't like this whole thought of like Christians are not cool and, and this stuff because that's, that's, that's really far from it. We have Amy who is like super cool. Miranda's very cool. <laughs> I'm sure the rest of the guys also, you know, actually Christian life is not boring at all. That's what the world's trying to tell you. A real Christian life is exciting because you're making a huge difference. Thanks for sharing, Henry. That's amazing. I, I mean, for me, my statement would be, look, if I am desiring or falling for a trailblazer, meaning for a girl, Miranda, developing feelings for her, that is not who I am. It's a desire. I'm trying to say here your sexuality is not who you are. Now you can see the practical example, right? So if I'm desiring her, and falling for her and we're like, oh, Troy plays a damn, damn, that's not who I am. It's just a desire. I was not born that way. I'm developing it. And just a clarification, that was just an example. Okay, Miranda, don't get us booked up there. <laughs> and we're like, oh, I'm scared. It's fine. It's just an example. So that is not that that is not who I am. I mean, but that's a makeup or a flow from knowing who I am and understanding what I want. You cannot identify me with that because what if tomorrow my feelings for my feelings for that particular person change? Does my identity change? Will who I am change? So I mean, these are technical issues that you know the world these days. The with all the intelligent professors and psychologists and counselors, they are failing to identify and look into that I cannot really base my identity off of the fact that I'm liking a particular person or that I'm falling for this person and I want to be with that person. It's just a desire. I was not born with the ability to love Miranda, but I can learn to develop such things. Maybe because I came in contact with her, maybe because I got to know her and I'm like, wow, she's cool, a trailblazer. Ooh, does not define me. I feel like we we were using anything but identity when we were discussing today. Like we, we were discussing courage, we were discussing faith, or I guess we're mixing a lot of things together. Or, or we're like discussing something else, but saying it is identity. So I still have a lot of questions and I do not understand what do you mean when you say identity then. All, all the things that we were uh, like discussing today were related to so many things besides identity, right? at least from what I understand. But did it become clearer to anyone after today's discussion what, what your identity is or what your identity in Christ is? I know what it is. <laughs> What it is? Like, I want to know. Can you tell me what is your identity in Christ? That was a joke. Um, but if you want, if you want just the definition, what is identity? It's the qualities, beliefs, personality, looks, and/or expressions that make a person. Um, that's just googling the, the meaning of it. So technically, there are a lot of different aspects that apply to your identity. So I feel like we did talk about a lot of different topics, but they kind of still play in your identity. 
So, like, so like j just for me that doesn't speak English, like is identity different from individuality, for example? Like what, what is the difference? And are we talking about individuality when we're talking about identity? Is this synonymous or, or is it something different, right? And is, for example, personality also something different than identity and individuality, right? Because like what we are describing is a little bit broader than just talking about identity, right? Or I don't know, like what is the meaning of the identity? So you read the description, but then Henry says, well, I know my identity in Christ. And then he says, well, you can find it in Bible, right? And sure, so I go to Bible and then I search my identity in Christ, right? And then I find some definitions. So I don't know. My identity in Christ is such and such and such. So then it should be very easily described, right? If we are all looking into the Bible and reading the same book, then we should come up with a list of identity things that, that we are in Christ that is common for everyone, right? And then we just can say, well, identity in Christ is this, 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 and this. Here we are. Let's close the Zoom call and go home because like it's all described, right? But if we are discussing like identity in Christ as something very unique for you, then what it is, right? Like, or how do you know this is your identity? Or like, how do you know that this is for sure what I realized is my identity in Christ, but it's not written in the Bible, but I for sure know it is. So how, how do you decide that? Like, or what's like, how did you come up with this? And one other thing I was thinking about is like, so knowing your identity, it seems is completely different than living by what you know, right? So you can know your identity, but you can live by some other principles in your life, right? This is also probably true. So I have so many questions. <laughs> and that's why I wasn't really sure what we were discussing because like David and Goliath's story was like, what Henry was describing was about identity for him, but it was completely different for me because what I understand from this story is David didn't know who he was. He knew who God was. Because when he was fighting with 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 a stronger guy, he he didn't know that he could conquer him, but he knew that God could do it, right? And that's why he went, and he didn't think a second, right? Because if if he knew who he is, right, like just a small guy, some shepherd, and like the smallest in the army, he probably wouldn't go there. So it wasn't about David itself. And it wasn't about his identity. It was about who God was, what God can do. And like the story that we're talking about in the Bible, when in the very beginning, right, about the sin when uh, Adam and Eve were sinning. I don't think it is about identity. And maybe you can turn it different ways, you know, and describe different things. And maybe the story is not very simple to describe and you cannot attribute it to one thing maybe that's why uh, but it seems like we are turning things that are not related to identity but we're like maybe somehow adopting them there so we can describe it or or maybe that's because it's really hard to describe what identity is that's why you have to use a very 
broad description from different places to kind of trying to n narrow it down but i don't know that's just my feeling from it, the discussion it's, it's it's surprising for me that you say it that way but thanks for uh, asking and clarifying so what it is is that your identity is a sum total of who you are in god and what that statement means is that this sum total of who you are at the basis of your quality and the quality in which your life should flow from. So meaning if you do not really understand your basis in God and what he made you and called you to be, which is to be in his image and likeness, then it is easy to make the mistake Eve made. Because yes, there are a lot of uh, things to take out of that incident, but at the end of the day, the some total of what made her fall was because she did not really understand that she was made in the image and likeness to carry the light of God. She already had what she was pushed to do, and she didn't know who she was. So that's what make, made her do it. And so with that explanation now, when you look into the story of the, the David or the Gideon story, was that when God showed up, he called him the sum total of who he was in him. So God showed up to this timid guy, to this fray guy that's afraid of the whole world and rejected and called him a mighty man of valor. That's who Gideon is. But he, he had no clue. That's the sum total of who he was in God. And so that's why when I was defining it, I said a yes and a yes, meaning there is a generalization, meaning if you want to ask me, now, what's my identity? I'll tell you, I'm Leslie. I'm born of God. And that's why I always make it on purpose not to say I am from, I'll tell you, I am a Nigerian, meaning you can identify me with the geographical location of Nigeria. But the sum total of who I really am is that I am from God. I am from Zion. But most times I try not to say that because I don't always want people to get the first idea because when you talk like that, people are like, ooh, religious. But if they had an understanding, exactly. if they had an understanding that what I'm telling them is that, look, there's absolutely good in me. And that again, meaning if I would rely on who I am in God, it would define my act actions. So that's why I said, it's not really the actions that is who you are, but who you are shapes the actions that flow out of you and that's why jesus when he was speaking he says out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks that is not what gets into you that defiles you but what flows out of you because what flows out of you is coming from how you perceive yourself meaning the qualities the the looks because if i clearly know that look i'm loved of god and whether i hang out with you or not like, for example, my family always asking me, when are you getting married? Who is the girlfriend? And I'm like, uh, what does that add to my life? I'm not at the point yet where I think and feel I should. When I get to that point, you won't ask me, I'll bring someone to you. Meaning, of course, the world has generalized that when you get to a certain age, you should go in that direction. But I know who I am. I'm not moved by time. And time can... Time can only move me into what I want to do. But the fact that it's ticking does not define 
my action because I understand my kinetics or my synergy and so on. So that's where those um, those stories and example came in because it came in and as 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 a result of people that uh, David understood came to understood the guy that was considered a nobody had no identity came to understood who he was in God. So that was what defined his action to stand against. So, so I want to, I want to flip this. I want to spin this around. So I have a question. What do you guys think somebody who doesn't know Christ, how do they find their identity? Because I think Alex, like what I'm trying to get from what you asked is like, is there identity outside of just knowing who God is? Can I actually know my identity? So like if you're saying David, knew who God was. It didn't really have anything to do with him, but he trusted and knew who God was, which God did that through him. So, but my question is, is so how does somebody who doesn't know Christ find their identity? Yes. And and that was like a really one of the other few questions that they had, right? So we're all talking about identity in Christ, but let's for a second uh, remember that there are people that don't know Christ, right? And they don't know their identity in Christ because they, they don't believe in Christ, or at least they say they don't believe in Christ. So they don't have identity then? I think they do, but their identity is just not in Christ, right? So there is identity outside of Christ for people that don't believe in him. And and other thing, right, about changing your identity is if Leslie says, like, my identity defines what my actions are then returning to the david's life so when he was sinning his identity was different than than he wasn't sinning because when he was sinning his actions were actually different right he wasn't perfect all his life so did his identity change in the middle of his life and then he became perfect back again because the the things you are describing are very unspecific right there is, there is nothing specific in what you're saying. So anyone listening to us outside of being Christian would have so many questions when you say, well, I know my identity in Christ. It's like, great for you, Leslie. <laughs> it's beautiful. But like, what? how should I find my identity in Christ? Or what? like, if we are talking outside of religion, how do you find your identity if you're not a religious person? And there should be an answer to this question, right? at least to the methodology of searching. And what you're saying is like, I know who I am. I am who I am. I know my identity in Christ. Like, that's all great, but that's very unspecific, right? So if we want to help people that are listening to us, I think what we need to do or to explain like your search process of like, I didn't know who I was. I did this, this, and this, and then I found my identity, right? for example, that would help me if I don't understand what you're talking about, right? But telling me your identity is in Christ, go and find it, sure, yes. Like how? (laughs) Well, Alex, to answer you before I even, before, I don't know if the others did, but before I got into, um, I didn't even define it as as my identity in Christ starts with because I only gave the example that Christ knew who he was the son of God and did not have to act in the action. And I defined identity as a sum total of your qualities, which makes up who you are 
and imparting it forms your personality. So now I'm defining it again. And that the things you do, the things, the actions, the things you do that flows out of you are not who you are, but they flow out as a result of the qualities you have inside of you, right? And then when it now falls down to, well, someone in christ or someone out of christ do they have an identity or not we can try a survey or you can try a survey and you would find out that even maybe the boss that you're looking up to in the office does not really know who he is because i remember i was talking to a friend a while ago and i said are you aware that even our institutions our educational institutions uh, they do not really form a, a coherent construct of what makes us who we are sometimes when you look at the world and this has also flowed into many things that we do even into the church that uh, we do not know who we are most times and do not stand for a purpose so you see a child growing up yeah he's good in mathematics and then they push him to this school and all they teach him is economics how to formulate numbers and all that and forget to teach to allow him find out deep down what his life represents, what his life represents and what he's called out to be or to do. And for this, you don't necessarily need to be in Christ first to find out. But in most cases, you can have a lot of misleading or misguiding for, of not being in Christ. So yeah, I go to school for, for three years or three years for a, pre- for a first degree based on the course or four years based on what I'm studying. And all they're teaching me is how to maybe calculate, do this, do that, do that. And guess what? I graduate from school and I get a job and find out that the problems I would even face in the job Another things I studied in school, not related. To, like, for example, the challenges in offices, in workplaces, in organizations today are people. But you're, you were not really taught or trained how and why are people the problem? Because there are a lot of people that do not know who they are. They have no identity. So they carry a lot of ex- excesses from a lot of places. Hence the transfer of aggression. Hence the envy. Hence the strife. Hence the bitterness, the jealousy that goes around in places. Because yes, like the Gideon example, if he knew who he was, it will form his behavior, which maybe later on when he got that encounter with God, it now changed his perspective and formed his relation with his environment. This was just an example, not to say that maybe all the time when you meet with God, you would not maybe, well, all the time you meet with God, you for sure will find out really who you are, but you can find that outside of the concept of Christianity. So I have kind of a thought, which is it kind of goes into trying to think about, okay, if it's somebody who isn't a follower of Jesus, either doesn't believe in God or something like that, how do they find it in? Because Alex, you mentioned, well, they still have their identity or they still have an identity. Would you say that? Would you actually say that they can find identity? Uh, I would. I mean, if you're asking me, I, I would say they, they do have some identity. The, uh-huh. the, the question is like, if uh, identity they think they have or identity they think they that is theirs is like correct or like if they found out it correctly, right? Like maybe not, but 
that's a different that's a whole another topic right because like we are all sitting here being christians and talking about as how good we know our identity in christ right but like there, there are people that are struggling to find their identity and they're not believers right or that so think that thought. they they know because like for example right. i have a, a parents that or my, my father is atheist right and and he and he clearly defines it right like that he doesn't believe in god and like he thinks he knows who he is right the other question if is he's right or wrong right that's a different question but he definitely thinks he knows and like who am i to tell him that he doesn't know right <laughs> I can tell him, but he might be completely, you know, aligned with himself and thinking that, you know, that's what he is or like that's who he is, right? The non-believer is his identity, right? So my thought with all of that after hearing everything is, and especially with the definition that Amy gave, what if identity is what you place your belief in? I mean, think about it. Those who would say that they're not a Christian, maybe they would say, oh yeah, my identity comes from, it is that I am a teacher that teaches. Maybe they would say, I am, yeah, da, 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 da. It's all, it's something that you've put your belief in or your values in, right? And so for us, we've chosen to put our belief or our values in Christ. So then we get an identity from that. So what if, identity in a nutshell is what you choose as an individual with different personalities, with different views on life, with all the unique markings of who you are. What if your identity is what you choose to place it in? And so maybe for a non-believer, it's in something, you know, I don't know if anybody has an example, but, material, but you know, right? like, like some things, material, I material. mean, like, yeah, yeah. Sure. Um, but for us, we're sitting here saying, okay, we know our, our identity, but it's because we've chosen to place it in Christ because we've chosen to actually believe who he is, which actually then in turn gives us the authority of God, right? If I believe that I'm a son or a daughter of, of God, I believe that he's given me now the authority to pray for someone and ask for God to heal them or given me the authority to teach and preach. So, you know, me, I teach it at Youth Praha. Now I have that authority where I can do that. Um, and it's coming because I've placed my identity in Christ, right? I chose to do that i don't know that's just like a thought that i've had after kind of listening and hearing some of the yeah things. yeah i think i think it's really good like it forms uh, an answer in one way really good right like it gives you a really nice base that you can start with but there, there is other thing that we were talking today about is that there is something that is not specific to you but what is given to you like we're talking about Christianity specifically, right? And we are talking um, about some qualities you are given that are not related to you specifically, but are common to everyone being Christian, right? But it seems there is something else that is unique to every Christian, even though we are all same in some parts, we're different in other parts, right? 
or in other spheres of our yeah. lives, right? And th that was really interesting to me, right? Because when we are talking about identity in Christ, I was just looking quickly online just for some thoughts about identity. And what one of the articles was saying that, for example, um, we are forgiven in Christ, right? And this is not unique to me. It is basically for everyone who believes in Christ, right? So I cannot say it's just me who is forgiven because I don't own this identification to Christ. Like this is what Christ gives all of us as Christians, right? Another thing was, for example, that we are all loved, right? So again, it's not personally for me, it's everyone, every Christian or every, every person actually in the world is loved by God, right? And every person in the world is given an opportunity to be forgiven. The other question, if they accept it, right? And that's a whole other topic basically for discussion. But what I'm trying to say, if we are trying to list these things like this way, that we're, for example, forgiven, that we are loved, there is nothing unique in this. And you can go in, into the Bible and you can list these things. And then you can say, my identity is that I am forgiven and I am loved and, and so on and so on and so on. But what I was trying to get an answer for was Henry says, I know what my identity in Christ is. And I'm asking Henry, like, what is your identity in Christ, right? And that's a very interesting question because probably he will say I'm loved, like probably he will say I'm forgiven and he will say I'm loved. That's why I, I don't care about whoever says about my weight, about my hate, about my, I don't know, whatever. And that's one of the results of he knows he's loved, right? But if there is something unique to Henry that is not applying to me but is only applying to him that's what i want to know how he discovered it right how he knew that this is his identity and how he came up to this point understanding that this is his unique identity in christ which i didn't maybe discover yet right maybe there's some identity i don't know yet but i i probably would want to know but i don't know because he's not sharing it right <laughs> so and, and and this is just like of course it's a joke but i mean you know if you know what i mean if there is a list of identities that i want to know but i don't know yet that are listed in bible that's one thing but there is if there is something unique that comes to only henry or only leslie or only me like how do you come up with these things right that was one of the other questions okay and you know in that definition of that yes and yes you remember i, I said there is you know a generic which like goes for everyone and every child of God. And then there is a specific, you know, and I tried to take the cue from Ephesians 5 that some are called, you know, to be apostles, some are called to be preachers, teachers, and so on and so forth, right? And when then you go back, like, for example, the case of Gideon, not everyone is a mighty man of valor. It was specific to Gideon, right? It was like in printed in his makeup in his dna and it's nice that you now you know maybe clarified because maybe with all the explanation it sounded a bit you know here and there and thanks for clarifying it you know and understanding in understanding this then 
they now calls for a deeper search in God to find out who you really are, your specific purpose, your design and who you know who you you're made of. I think Miranda mentioned something very specific which I I was saying before the trailblazer. So she got to now understand that look, she's not like everyone else. I am a trailblazer, you know, and it takes a deeper search, a a greater hunger to even find doubt in God that's that specific. Like, for example, for me, I just know I don't want to use the word troublemaker, but I I stir up waters like a magnet. And and it took me a while to discover it. Even as a child that wasn't close to God, I did not understand really. Because for somehow, maybe like Amy at some point in my life, I would count myself as an introvert. But why being an introvert, everyone wanted to be my friend and I had no clue what was going on. Everyone wanted to hear me say something. I'm like, why do you need my opinion? I'm shy. I'm even in class, I would feel like the teacher was picking on me because I lacked an understanding of who I am made to be. So this was how I felt for long. Like, why is the teacher always calling me? Can you just leave me alone? Why are you guys wanting to hang out with me? I'm a boring person. Stay away from me. You know, I w- always wanted to go into my own cocoon, something like this, yeah? <laughs> to my own dark place and just be there. Even though I'm from a family of eight, I'm the eighth child. But still, in that whole setup, you would think that I would be used to loving and liking people. But in that whole setup, I always wanted to be by myself. I kind of explaining this, not to say that you must come to Christ to really know who you are, but you can find it out as a non-believer, but Christ helps you find it out easily and faster. And again, not just being in Christ help you find it out when you now ask for his help to dig deeper. So now I'm trying to use clearer terms. So I don't want to speak in the sense that everyone should understand what I mean, because I guess that was what you were trying to clear out, right, Alex? Yes. Yeah. So again, like listening to you, it's really interesting because we started the conversation with the phrase, uh, you are not, or your identity is not what you're doing. Mm-hmm. But then you uh, bring an example of Ephesians, which says mm-hmm. specifically what they are doing. You should be preaching, oh. you should be healing, you know. And, and this... not, not really what they, they were doing. Not really what they were doing. Well, that's, because... that's the... But what they were doing was as a result of who they were in God. I think, can I interject here? First yeah, of all, being an introvert is not a bad thing. Being shy is a different thing. Being shy right, comes from fear. Being introvert is just a whole different thing. Read this book. It's amazing. Okay. Second of all, I do think there's a difference between your purpose and your identity, because I believe an identity is a, I feel like it is more of a generic term. Like we all have an identity in Christ. Like Alex was looking for the list from A to Z of what that is in this moment. I can't quote it for you, but you know, there's a lot to go with it, but it is kind of an identicalness that we all inherit um, from Christ, from being in Christ, right? That would be your identity, your purpose. Then God says, Hey, go be preachers, teachers, evangelists, you know, all that stuff. This is your purpose in life. Miranda is a trailblazer. That's her purpose. That's what I've called her to do. But identity is the identicalness and the qualities that Christ has given to us in being found. Now, if you're not a Christian, you might, like Alex said, put your identity in, I'm an atheist, I'm gay, I'm Canadian. Like there's there's different things that you would put, your sexual identity, your national identity, your whatever you want to put it in. These are what you 
say this is what I am because it makes you belong to something. Identity makes you belong to something, but purpose is more of your individuality and your personality. That is my take on that. Thank you very much. Which makes me think too of how it says that we're all one in Christ. So it kind of makes sense that that identity is completely that covering, like Alex said, (laughs) of that list just being one in Christ as the, as the body of Christ, that that is, we are one, we're one in him. And then, yeah, that individuality comes through the purposes and the plans that he gives. (laughs) Sing it, Amy. Sing it all together. (laughs) I I think the mic drop from Amy was really good. Thank you. Put that at the end of the 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 podcast. Yeah, I think that's probably should be it for tonight. <laughs> We've discussed um, everything and we maybe came to some conclusions. Sean, I'm sorry that you didn't get to talk as much, but it looks like you were contemplating a lot of things. I'm wondering if we might need to, um, you know, pull out some more things from this topic some other time but if you guys listening have any questions for us that you would like us to talk about or discuss as you can see we all have a lot of different opinions and ideas and we like trying to uncover and discover the truths behind things some of it is just our opinions and ideas and so um we just like talking and sharing but we hope that this talk on identity encourages you guys and even just what we kind of concluded here of if you place your identity in Christ you do receive this list of things that makes us one one family in God and then there's the beautiful journey of discovering your purpose and what God has uniquely gifted you with as an individual. So if you have any questions, please send them into our DMs, message